2: We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
1: You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Storylines Live, the only podcast that explores the meaning and the power of the most important story in business. That's the one that answers why somebody should buy from you, work for you, invest in you, or partner with you. This is the story that defines the very character and nature of your organization. At WordRight, we call it your capital S story. In each episode, we feature guests who have great insights on business storytelling, who can share their experiences and their key learnings to help you and your business do a better job of sharing your capitalist story to deliver remarkable business results. Today, we're honored to have Marcia Van Winsburg.
2: You're good, yes.
1: <laughs> all right, Marcia, there we go. I'm um, using my broadcast journalism degree. The one question you're supposed to ask somebody, how do you pronounce <laughs> your name? And um, for the audience who's looking at my name, believe me, my last name has six letters in it, and people screw it up all the time. So I, I, I'm, I'm glad I got that one. Marsha, I wanna share a little bit about your bio here and, uh, uh, and then we'll get into it. So uh, it's very interesting. Uh, I wanna know about uh, uh, kinesiology and being a personal trainer, right? That's a very interesting background, but you've also had a lot of life experiences in the last few years that I, I guess you would say, brought you to some uh, key decisions about what you wanna do with your life and your career. And that's a really great story that we really want to hear uh, a a lot about. Um, In working with clients today, you're looking to make major changes uh, in their lives and help them overcome the challenges that they're facing uh, on a daily basis so that they can achieve uh, their greatest opportunities as a unique human being. Uh, And those are great stories, too. We want to learn all about that. Marsha, welcome to Storylines Live please feel free to share a little bit more about your background that I didn't hit in uh, cribbing your introduction from your website.
2: (laughs) It's perfect. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. I love, I'm all about stories. So I love the concept and what you're sharing. And I think our stories are like our most valuable way to connect with each other. They really are. And the biggest challenge is, is that we hide those parts of ourselves because we think that no one is going to understand. No one is going, no one else feels this way when literally everyone is doing the exact same thing. So I think our stories are the piece that connects us to each other. Yes. I did spend 27 years as a registered kinesiologist. I worked in post rehab. So I really have spent my life coaching people without just in different, in different um, fields, But really helping people, sometimes teaching people how to walk again, how to get up, how to move, how to adjust to a life altering injury. Yes. And So it was definitely something I loved and I did it for a very long time. And probably about the five years before it ended, I was in this space of feeling like I think I'm supposed to be doing something else, but I don't mm. know what that is. And when this is your identity And what you do, it's not an easy transition. And so I, if I take it back 10 years, I actually was a parent who dealt with teen substance abuse. And I found myself in a space of, in a story of shame, hiding, not sure what to do, how to be seen, how to change, fix, manage all these pieces. And I really, through a few steps, found myself in a space of sharing my story on a small like small gatherings, small mm. stages. And through that process, almost accidentally, started to realize that wait, I'm not the only person who is struggling with this. Yes. And I think that started to open up my eyes that this this story I was meeting people every single day who had a shame story, I'm going to call it that because we call them shame stories. Wow. But we all have shame stories. So let's just be real for a second. Yes. And A shame story is any story that you are afraid to share with somebody else and shame loves secrecy. So the more quiet you are about it, the more it's all consuming. And when you live that way, the power lies in the story and not Mm -hmm. in you. When you learn how to speak it, shame can't survive when you speak. When you put a voice to it, when you speak it, the power shifts back to you and away from the story. And that's the really the power of learning how to share that story. So I accidentally found my way into this area that almost I felt like, wait, maybe our story could actually be something good. It could do yes. something good in the world. And so I did accidentally fall into that. And building a business was not my plan. I was literally just trying to find a way to survive, which I think is a blessing. Because I was working on me, I was finding a way to share, I was building some confidence. I wasn't like looking at how do I grow this business or anything like that. And it put me in a space of writing and speaking and sharing and starting a podcast. And through that, I kept feeling this like this is supposed to be for you. This is what you're going to do. But I didn't know how because I still had the full time job. And the pandemic came and literally within one day, the job was gone. It was literally gone for us personally. It didn't come back for almost seven months. Wow. and during That time. I mean, I woke up the very next day and went, okay, job's gone. Let's figure this out. You've been praying for a space, a time mm-hmm. to figure it out. Even my husband was like, so you're not going to, why don't you just take a couple of days? And I'm like, no, what if this is the time I prayed for? Like I literally went <laughs> to work the next morning. And so by the time it came time to make some decisions about going back to my old job or what was also going to happen. My business had been growing. And on top of that, I didn't know another story, but I was prepping for a back surgery, an emergency back surgery during the pandemic. And it was like, I was not meant to go back to my old job. It had served its time. And now I was on this new path And which has led me to do the work that I get to do today with stories. So sometimes the path doesn't always make sense. But when you look back at it, it's like, oh, it had to happen in that order for things to get to where they are today.
1: Wow, Marcia, so much great stuff to unpack in there. And and, and we really want to take some time and dig in there. You know, one of the things that strikes me right away is the importance of vulnerability, being vulnerable and sharing that story, the shame story that you're talking about. Um, there's so many aspects to that and the power of stories in terms of making yourself relatable, that you're not unique, that other people go through the same sorts of experiences, right? And that also taking down uh, the temperature or the barriers or however you want to describe it in terms of being able to communicate and connect with people uh, on a direct basis. That is just so awesome. One of the things you mentioned and your personal story there is your uh, journey into podcasting. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on Storylines Live, because uh, you have more than one very well-established podcast. Would you please share with the audience uh, your podcasts?
2: Absolutely. Um, so my very first, my solo one is called Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. That actually started in 2017 before my book released, because I wanted to create a space to openly start to discuss difficult stories. And at that time, social media was very curated, right? So I felt Mm -hmm. this call that it needs to be real and raw. And so I started in 2020, and then it was, you know, off and on, off and on, and consistently from 2019. So, the end of 2019, 2020, we are now in like episode 611 on I'm that show. I believe.
1: Congrats! Three
2: episodes a week, two solos, one interview. Um, three episodes a week, and like well over 235,000 downloads in the last three years, which I'm so proud of, because it just the beautiful thing about podcasting is you don't always get to meet the people that are listening. And sometimes you think, am I just talking to myself? I don't know (laughs) if people are hearing, but they are and they are connecting. And I think it's one of the most beautiful authentic ways for people to connect to you, your voice and your message. Um, That's the solo show. And then the other podcast I have is everybody holds a story with my Mm -hmm. co-host Sue. And Mm -hmm. in that, that show, we talk a lot about how our bodies are holding on to stories that that show actually came from me being recovering from back surgery and recognizing that we can't just consciously change the story we can't just consciously like make the story be different because our bodies are actually holding on to trauma and that was something i did not understand until i walked through it and as soon as i walked through it i was like oh wait now i get this we can do a podcast on this and we created another book on it and we did so it's really is another piece that our bodies are also holding on to stories at the same mm-hmm. time.
1: That's great. Now, folks, we will have in the show notes links to both of Marsha's podcasts, but also she is an author, as she just mentioned. Could you tell us a little bit about your books?
2: Absolutely. I released three collaborative chapters first, then wrote my solo book in 2017. It is called When She Stopped Asking Why. Because the why only matters if you're working towards a goal. It does not matter when you're standing in a space of being a victim, wondering why things are happening to you. So she stopped asking why's in 2017. And then in 2020 and 2021, we released two collaborative books, Owning Your Choices and Everybody Holds a Story. And I am currently in the space of supporting authors of writing their vulnerable stories and learning how to share it while leaving everyone in integrity. I think that's a big missing piece when it comes wow. to writing is people want to know how to do that.
1: Yes. Well, that is so great. And folks, we are really going to dig into that, especially in the second half of the episode. Um, that's such great, great thinking, really got some key insights there, I'm sure, Marcia. Uh, before we do that, I want to chat a little bit about the the storytelling uh, concept. Now, at WordWrite, we have this story we call the capital s story that answers why somebody would buy from you work for you invest in you partner with you Uh, we consider that to be the most important story that an organization has because it's defining the character and nature of your organization the way people think of you when they're not just consuming marketing gibberish or uh you know uh, a, a particular description or elevator speech or whatever it's what people really think and feel and know you to be. So, so Marsha, of those four, why somebody would buy from you, work for you, invest in you, partner with you, which is most important to you in your storytelling journey?
2: I think that investing in hmm. me is, is one yeah. of the, and, I, and the reason I say that is because it is, it's the connection piece. And I think for yeah. me, that's the important piece is that When I let people see me and what I've walked through and how some of those challenges happen every single day, I allow them to see themselves in my journey. And then they know that I'm somebody who can help to support them in that process. So I really feel like that is an important piece of it. They might invest in me to help with their story, but I also end up partnering with a lot of people and supporting and collaborating. So that would be the thing that is most important to me. And that only happens from the connection of sharing the story.
1: Awesome. Thank you for that. Now, obviously, our organization has a take on storytelling, but just in general, what's what's your take on storytelling? It's storytelling is clearly very important to you in terms of the work you've done, your books, et cetera.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But what's your take on?
2: It? My take is actually really simple. And it is this piece, it's like a three-part series mm-hmm. where it's like who you were. Yes. What did you walk through?
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: as a result, what do you do now? And so as we do that, the more you can look at like what did you walk through? Who? How did it shape you? How did it help you become who you are today? And learning how not to hate all the parts of ourselves and the difficult experiences that we walk through. We can't hate what we've walked through and love ourselves at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. We're walking through things every day because they're shaping us into who we are meant to be. And so really that's my take on it is like, can you relate, convey Mm-hmm. who you were, what you walked through, and as a result, what you do now. The biggest mistake I think a lot of people make is they get so caught up in the story yes. that they don't see it for what did it teach them? What did they learn? And the parts of the story I just want to share, they're not the important important parts. Like I told you I was a parent who dealt with teen substance abuse. From that, you can pretty much understand that vulnerability, being open, overcoming challenges those are all parts of the story but I don't even need to tell you anything else mm-hmm. and I think that's the misconception with storytelling is is that you have to share everything and you don't it's about vulnerability about ourselves how can we be vulnerable about ourselves so that's the piece I think is my strength in helping people to learn how to share that part of it from a lens of the two things that I use are if you're in your story versus on your story when you're mm-hmm. in your story, you're replaying it as a victim, not the time to change it. Your time at that point is to learn how to work on yourself to see your story differently. When you're on your story, you have perspective, you can see the lessons, you can share it, you can like see the bigger reach and impact. So that's the transition that I like to take people through.
1: That That is awesome. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we've done in our work is identify what we call archetypal stories. And and that thread of our work derives from thinking from folks such as Joseph Campbell, the mythologist, and Carl Jung, the psychoanalyst who came up with the concept of the collective unconscious from his work with patients uh, during the, the First World War when he was practicing in Switzerland. And, uh, you know, the, the rest of Europe was at war and people were fleeing the fighting by going to Switzerland. And regardless of uh, language, educational attainment, economic attainment, you know, young realized that as human beings, we are all telling the same stories over and over again. And so when I hear you share that, Marsha, I think to myself, yes, absolutely. The the One of the key components of sharing your story, whether you're talking about an organization or you're a leader of an organization or, or a human being, period, is creating that re- relatability by sharing a story that people understand. And, you know, in your case, the the so many people have been affected by substance abuse and our our modern culture they sort of know the story arc right Right. and I like the way you broke that down in terms of uh you know what happened in the walk you went through and, and where you are now because that is uh so much of what people want when they are looking to learn something they want to understand is this relevant what happened to you what was your journey and then how can that benefit me, right?
2: A hundred percent. And I think that people want to relate and connect to you and how they want to see themselves in your story. How did you find your yes. way
1: through, yes. right?
2: And it's not the details. It's not the details. It's how did you find your way through? And so when you can share those pieces, it allows others, readers, listeners, whatever it is, um, clients to be able to see themselves in your journey. I think that was one of my biggest misconceptions when I first started, because I didn't know. I thought I was only going to be dealing with parents who had walked through my story. Not even close, not even close. It's like people who recognize the feelings and the emotions and the experiences that I felt went, wait a minute. She can help me with how do I get through my story. And so I think the storytelling, I spend a lot of time in this area with difficult, vulnerable, challenging stories. But I equally believe that storytelling is important in every single aspect of business. Say it, I actually have a friend who has a brick and mortar business. And she goes, storytelling doesn't matter to me. And I'm like, it absolutely does. Why did you start? What brought you here? Why do people come to you? Like, like I drive an extra like 10 minutes to get to you because Mm of X, Y, and Z. So you need to start to share that because in this time we need to connect with each other in order to, to support each other's businesses. So the storytelling, I think works for all levels of
1: business. I totally agree. And folks, we're going to dig into that in just a moment. We'll be right back after this message. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hi folks, welcome back to Storylines Live. I'm your host, Paul Fariga. Today, we are visiting with Marcia Van Winsburg. And she is somebody who uses the power of storytelling on a daily basis in her work because she has a great story herself that led her to this work. So Marcia, let's talk a bit more about what you do And how you help people but what you you shared a little bit about the history uh of of your company um who's your ideal client who who are you best suited to serve in your work
2: many years ago i used to say it was women but it's not i have a few male clients and and i love Mm -hmm. that They are people who are standing in a space and feeling like their story is meant for something more. They have really created massive change in their life and they're standing in the space saying, maybe I could do something good with this. Maybe I'm actually being called to share something Mm -hmm. or maybe my story is meant to like speak to certain people or they've made such massive transformations that for people who knew them then, they want to know, how did you get from A to B? Yeah, you know, I have right. a couple of clients who are writing stories of overcoming addiction and mental health. They're incredible stories. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, I made a decision and it happened. There's like 10 steps, 20 steps, hundreds of steps in between that this the story doesn't have the power if you can't find a way to share the steps of it. So My ideal client is somebody who is, yes, they might have fear about sharing their story, but deep down they know it's meant for something more and they want to put something good back out into the world with their story. So a lot of the people I work with are very impact focused. They want to make a difference. They want to help others. And at the same time, um, just build a platform business that actually has meaning, like it has meaning. And that's a, that's a big part of it.
1: So to take it down a level from the 30,000 foot view, when you're working with somebody, what are some of the aspects of of your work together? Is, Is everybody you work with on a path to write a book or do they want to be a speaker or do they simply just want to be a more present and visible leader? What, what does what, the, what does your actual work with them look like?
2: So that's a fantastic question, and I love it. I have like two main areas where people tend to come in. One is on writing their book, and it's like, how oh. do I write it? Or even the steps of writing a book is very similar a speaker takes. Just so that yes. people. Are aware of that like it's very similar i have some who say i don't want to write but i really want to speak can you help me become a better speaker and so whether it's writing or speaking that's the one the other is back in 2020 i actually took my nlp neuro-linguistic programming practitioners then masters and then trainers wow. and which is literally like taking a masters this whole past three years wow. but The reason I did it was because I really started to understand that you can't just consciously change a story. And if I can just give a little bit of an explanation that might help yes, is is that we have our conscious brain is literally about 5% of what we think, our beliefs, our thoughts, our decisions, our emotions. It's only about 5%. That 5% of our conscious brain is the part of us that makes a vision board that makes our calendar. It's the doer. Yes. But our subconscious is our 95% of what do we think, what do we believe, what do we hold on to? And the reason that that's important is because we're all out here hustling our butts off trying to create a life, a story, a new story with our conscious, mm-hmm. brain, which is like 5% when we're not actually looking at the limiting beliefs that we're holding on to the stories, the old stories that we're holding on to that aren't serving us. And so through the process, I really started to understand it's not as simple as telling somebody to change the story. It really requires getting to the root of the story so that we can be in a space of seeing where are those limiting beliefs? Where are they coming from? How can we use this to help this person become a more confident speaker, a more confident like writer and sharing their story and message. So, I've created my own coaching certification program called Outspoken. Mm. I love the word myself personally, but Outspoken. <laughs> you <laughs> because, came up with
1: it, you should.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I absolutely am in love with that. But it's a 6-month coaching certification program about becoming outspoken mm-hmm. in your business and sharing your message. And so both are the things, the paths that I have walked. If I take my own story into account, I signed up and started to do NLP when I was in the hospital because I went, this is my way is not working. I have to actually take some time, figure out what I need to heal. What do I need to do differently so that I'm not this broken record over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so both are there, but the most ironic thing is I've actually had a few people in the last month come in and say, can I do both? Like, can I actually learn how to become outspoken, build a coaching business and write my book? And I'm like, of course you can. Like you can. So right. it was, I'm seeing both. They're very much action takers who are in a space of saying, again, I want to make a difference, but I also want to learn, like, how do I change that story inside of me? How do I start to believe in myself the way that everybody says I can do it? Like, we can pour into anyone. I can give belief to anyone. But none of that actually will make change for a person until they believe in themselves.
1: You know, that is such a great insight, Marcia. Uh I'm sure many of the listeners are familiar with the author and speaker, Daniel Pink, and uh, recently during covid and and really it's interesting yours is kind of a a covid coming out story if we can can put it that way in terms of what you've done the last two or three years but he did something he calls the world regret survey and um it's very interesting um i think we'll put it in the in the show notes too uh folks can check it out but it is a legitimate scientifically valid survey of people across the world and and there are a number of questions in it i heard him speak about this uh not too long ago fascinating fascinating uh topic and it's very interesting most of us to your point about our stories and our limiting beliefs have regrets and uh it's interesting uh, to dig into uh, pink's work and understand what some of those regrets are one of the major categories though is folks feeling, especially as they get uh, longer in their life on earth, that they didn't take enough risks. They didn't get out of themselves enough. And when somebody said, here's your dream job, but you're gonna have to move across the country, or um, I need you to make a quick decision. Um, we might meet the Pope today because we're in Rome. and um you know say so, ah that'll never happen and then the person comes back with pictures look you know um okay. those kinds of things right and and you know on a, on a, a much more personal and deeper scale Marsha, i think that's a lot of what you're talking about here is that b- people have these limiting beliefs whether it's you know maybe what your mom told you when you were a kid or yeah yeah it, a, a bad experience or something and you tell yourself i'm, I'm not a speaker i'm not a writer oh i could never uh, engaged in athletic activity because when I was in the third grade, you know, I'm, I I I hit somebody in the head with a kickball or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm pulling these things off the top of my head, but I think people un- understand where, where we're coming from here, right?
2: They, they do. And I, I think those are great examples. I I actually use the regret question myself on a regular basis. If an opportunity comes up and I'm like, I don't have a clue how I'm going to do that. I don't know how I'm going to make that work. But will I regret it down the road if I didn't say yes to that? That's the question I ask myself. And if it's a, oh, absolutely, then I say yes, and I figure it out. And that's literally the, I know that that's outside of some people's comfort zones. But what happens is, is that we take those limiting beliefs verbatim. We make mm-hmm. them mean something about us yes. when actually they were just a belief that we created up into the age of eight years old and then it's not even based on anything maybe somebody didn't even say anything maybe we did hear it from somebody else maybe we interpreted it from somebody else i don't know but we take those limiting beliefs and we make them verbatim instead when you can start to understand all those limiting beliefs and all our subconscious mind is doing is trying to protect us that's all it's trying to do it's yeah. trying to keep us safe just trying to protect us and when you change the meaning of it all of a sudden it's like oh wait why am i Why am I letting this belief that I've had my entire life block me from trying something? And I often talk about this. It's like, you have to be willing to do the messy work first to put yourself out there. My very first Facebook lives were over 10 years ago when I started to share our story and message and I was scared to death to do it. And because I was so scared... I literally did them after hot yoga, like in my car, no (laughs) ring lights, like horrific lighting. It didn't matter. I, but I needed that version of me to get to the next level. Like we're trying to make our work look like somebody else who's got their 10,000 hours as Malcolm Gladwell would say, under their belt. You're, and even if you do have your 10,000 hours, you're not going to look like them because you're not them. You're not allowing your own authentic version of yourself to come out because you're waiting to start or you're waiting for it to be easy. Or I often say like, people say to me, I had a call this morning with somebody and she's like, I'm just waiting for my courage. And my answer was, I love you. I do. But how long have you been waiting for your courage to just show up?
1: Exactly. It could be decades.
2: (laughs) Most of my life. And I'm like... And is it going to just show up? Like, it's not going to just show up. Courage is actually a verb. Like you build your muscles doing this by Mm. taking action. And so when you really get to understanding how the mind works and how our limiting beliefs are set up, they're just there to protect us. They're they're not saying there's something wrong with us. And when you see it differently, you then won't block yourself from stepping into that next stage.
1: Wow. Marsha, this has been such a great conversation in this episode. I feel like we could talk for hours on this topic, and, and maybe we, we will. Maybe we'll have the opportunity to chat some more about this. How can people find you out there on the Internet and in the real world?
2: Hmm. Well, as we have already heard, my have a very long last name. So everything I do with my social media is Marsha Van W. So Marsha V-A-N-W, that is my website. That is my social media all across the board. Um, And my podcast is called On Your Choices, On Your Life. And I have my books are all available on Amazon or on my website. So that's the easiest way to connect The best way is if you happen to listen to the podcast, you're going to get some inside views as to how I help myself through difficult times. I'm very open in sharing it because it's tangible. I want to give people tangible resources and you will definitely get inspired by some of the stories that I have had the honor of being able to highlight and share.
1: Folks, great conversation today. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Marsha Van Winberg, we really appreciate your time uh and in the show notes folks you will find everything that marcia just mentioned really appreciate you being here and really appreciate all of you in our audience being here for storylines live the only podcast that explores the meaning and the power of the most important story in business the one that answers why somebody should buy from you work for you invest in you or partner with you your capital s story we'll see you next time